You're listening to Like Nobody's Business, and I'm your host, Emily Castle. My clients call me a business strategist and leadership coach, but I'm also a published author, podcast host, and the founder of Woman Up. Since 2014, I've been helping women launch, scale, and lead sustainable, mission-driven businesses with intentional strategies that support the entire ecosystem of their work and life to thrive and regenerate again and again for the long haul while creating a category of one in their industries, innovating with purpose, and doing work that's deeply fulfilling. If you're a woman devoted to doing things differently, being disruptive in service of your mission, and you're ready to learn, grow, collaborate, cross-pollinate ideas, and work smarter alongside other women, founders, trailblazers, entrepreneurs, and business owners, you're in the right place. Welcome to the show, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here today with my friend, Ruthie Lindsay. I just almost said her name backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Only fine. Um, So we, this is the second time we're recording this episode for you because the first time Zoom changed their storage thing and it got like recorded over. So here we are. Also, (laughs) we think Mercury may still be in retrograde. So hopefully this works (laughs) and hopefully you get to hear this conversation, but I'm so excited to introduce you to Ruthie today. She's served the memoir, There I Am, The Journey from Hopelessness to Healing. She's also a coach, a speaker, and a midwife of souls, helping people feel endeared to their own life, body, and soul. She and I met on a tea retreat with Sarah Scarborough of Tea Huntress in January in Mexico. We stayed in this beautiful glamping situation at Yandara in Baja, and we got to know each other I think a good bit during that week. And yeah, I got a chance to meet you, Ruthie, and a really amazing group of women. And I got to experience some of your work and got to ride in (laughs) airport shuttles with you and all the things. So I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. I would say again, but the first time didn't actually (laughs) go all the way through. So I'm so happy to have you back for this conversation. And um, really looking forward to introducing everybody who doesn't yet know about you to your beautiful work in the world. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I've gotten to meet you and that our paths crossed because I feel like we've had like several almost meetings before. And so it really is such a great honor and thank you for having me on here. And yeah, I'm just thrilled to get to share more and learn more from you and share more about myself. So happy about it. And you're in Nashville, just so everyone knows. Um, but yes, we have had many, I feel like in in chatting, like almost meetings <laughs> before. So it was meant to be for sure. Yeah. And I just adore you. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about, well, tell everybody a little bit about the journey to getting to this type of work that you're doing today? Because I know that you've been through a lot. You grew up in a very um, different kind of subculture than what you would probably explain that you are living in today. And I would love for you to share a little bit of that background and, and story for people. Yeah, for sure. So I'll try to give a very, very brief overview. You know, it's funny for so long, I was just so identified with the pain story that I've had in this life. And 
you know, even three years ago, I would have sat here and talked about my pain story 85% of <laughs> this conversation because it's a crazy story and insane. But now I just feel so called to talk about everything that the trauma, the pain, the loss, the all of it has invited me into, um, which I just am so honored and thrilled because now it's like a part of my work, you know, but basically very long story short is I was raised very moral, very Southern. Um, I joined a church when I was a teenager, got very involved because it kind of helped me stay in this very rigid box of control. I tried, you know, God was in that box. I had to be in that box. Um, we had to look a certain way, act a certain way, cut off parts of ourselves, which of course don't go away, <laughs> obviously. Um, I just wanted to be the goodest good girl that ever good girled. And <laughs> I, oh, and I nailed it. I was so good at being good and miserable at the same time, you know, and I worked for churches. Um, I bought it. I bought into it all, you know, and the denomination I was a part of said that I was a broken, depraved wretch. And um, at my home, I was allowed to be sweet, kind, pretty, nice, gentle, pleasant, but there wasn't really any room for anything outside of that. And so I just learned how to cut off parts of myself to belong. And that's what we do. We're wired, hardwired for belonging. And of course, we know the body keeps a score and those parts of us do not go away. And so as weird as this sounds, thankfully my world imploded in 9 million effing ways because <laughs> truly it was hell on earth and it became the deepest, deepest invitation to doing pretty major inner work. The first half of my life was pretty traumatizing and dark and I died in a car accident. I lived with debilitating chronic pain, had major, major um, adverse effects from the surgeries where one of the wires I'd broken my neck, I died, broke the top two vertebrae in my neck, lots of other things, but the wire they used broke years later and pierced my brain. And apparently I'm the only human in the world that's ever had that. So I actually lived in a bed for seven years on every narcotic under the sun, just eating my feelings. I was a, had massive disordered eating, binging. I started binging really young. I learned to go to food and TV very young to survive. <laughs> like, I honestly believe that's why I'm still here. Cause it like helped me disassociate and leave my body. Mm -hmm. I was very traumatized in so many ways, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And so um, yeah, I had lots of nervous breakdowns, lost a marriage, lost my dad, lost a lot of parts of my life, um, lost seven years of my life in some ways, you know, while I was on the heaviest level of, of, uh, fentanyl and morphine and hydrocodone and Ambien and just this bag of drugs for seven years. And, um, I know hell, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. I don't believe in the metaphorical hell, but I do believe I don't believe that there's a place called hell, but I believe in the metaphor of it. And I believe that I fully experience hell in this mind of mine and in this body of mine and on this earth. Um, and I felt I had the illusion of separation. I had the trance of unworthiness, like Tara Brock says, I hated myself. I hated my life. I hated my body. I thought my body hated me because I was in such debilitating pain. I still live with a very high level of chronic pain in my body which I've learned since, you know, so much of it's like dysregulated nervous system. So much of it's trauma. Obviously I have very physiological things. I like 
you know, I was literally hit by an ambulance going 65 on my car and broke a lot of things. And my sweet little body has just been through hell and what this pain, what this loss, what, you know, abandonment, trauma, debilitating, emotional, physical, spiritual pain has invited me into is some of the most beautiful remembering so much unlearning of the conditioning I was handed of telling me all the things that was wrong with me to remembering my worth (laughs) because I was born and because I'm alive, you know, because I exist, we are valuable, worthy, deserving, whole goodness. And, um, it has sent me on just this incredible path that I don't know that I could have really gotten to had my life not imploded 9 million different ways for many, 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 many years. And I just, I love the woman that it's helped me remember that I am. It's not like I'm a different person. It's, I was always in there underneath all the conditioning, underneath all the trauma. We all are. There is a place that can't be touched, you know, and these eternal being souls of ours. And it has welcomed me back home to that remembering and that unlearning. And I will continue like I've arrived anywhere. I will continue to do (laughs) work until the day I am back home in the in-between, but it's brought me to shadow work. It's brought me to plant medicine. It's brought me home to embodiment and coming back into this body that again, like I said, I thought hated me so much. And, you know, I was handed a lot of bullshit that I needed to be really skinny and pretty. And that was my identity and worth and values and what everyone else thought about my body and what other people thought about me. And that all lives in me, right? But I get to constantly remind myself and bring love to those parts that, you know, holds that in my body. Um, It's brought me back home to my body and embodiment, which now what's so beautiful is like everything I learned I'm like a student of life I will be you know I'm constantly my sweet partner he's like you're taking another course (laughs) (laughs) learn all the things but you know I think um what's been so precious is now like I get to mirror to others, to the clients I have the privilege of working with, to, you know, the people I have the honor of knowing, like what's true for them too. Like none of this is mine, you know, this is all of ours and we're all so deserving. It's our birthright of that remembering that we are loved, that we are worthy, that we are good, that we are whole. And that comes through like practice and self and deep self-compassion and care. And so yeah, that's what I get to do today. And I, I I just don't believe I could had I not lived through the things that I've lived through. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. And just like, so grateful to have you <laughs> in the world. Like, could you, I can't imagine not like before you have gone through such hard, challenging things and like really been walking through that fire of pain and all of the things that you've gone through, all the trauma, all the like hard stuff. I just feel like there's such, what what I love about the, what you talk about and what you teach from, like those are all teachers for us, like shame, trauma, the hard stuff, the pain is all such a teacher, such an invitation into coming back home to ourselves, to our body, to that sort of, like you said, un, that that can't be touched within us to remind us of like 
who I really am and what I'm really made of. And I think that a lot of times in those moments when we're actually in them, we forget that that's actually a helpful perspective to hold, (laughs) you know, like just thinking of anybody who might be listening right now and thinking, oh, I'm in the moment of like the pain, the trauma, the hard thing, the I'm laying in the hospital bed right now, or I'm going through the hard stuff, or I'm, I have to be on the narcotics or whatever right now, like in that moment, we forget that part of the wisdom of those situations in our lives is to reveal to us what we're actually made of and who we're here to be. And I think there's such like a beautiful post-traumatic growth story for you. And one of the things that I love about your story that you've shared with me just on the like sort of more business side of your path is how much so you've been like invited (laughs) into like speaking, write a book, do this thing, do that thing. I'd love for you to share a little bit about what that part has looked like for you of those invitations that have come through maybe other people of just like, Hey, have you thought about doing this? Or like, really think you should do this or why don't you come speak here? I think it's such a powerful thing that you've built from sort of this place of like, yes, you're leading and you're also being led. Yes. Yes. And I think if we're open to it, that's always the truth. You know, one thing before I jump into that, that I wanted to say, I, I remember hearing this quote that I just say to myself constantly because I do believe that we come to this planet and we end up with amnesia. Like we forget where we came from, (laughs) our worthiness. We forget what our soul knows, right? And we're handed because our parents were handed the same bullshit. We're handed so much conditioning by our families, by church, by government, by culture, by every time you see, you know, we are bombarded with advertising about things that we need to buy. It's all about money, right? (laughs) They don't care about our souls and our bodies. And one of the things that I hold on to so deeply is this quote that what we thought was the tomb was actually the womb. Mm. We're going to have so many death and rebirths in this body. Like, I mean, I had one actual death and rebirth. <laughs> it's like I did die in this body. So far. <laughs> right. At least one. But we also have so many metaphorical deaths and rebirths. And what mm-hmm. I over and over, and every time I feel like I'm losing my mind, I'm like, no. I get, I forget. Then I get to remember again that what dies was never actually so often. It's like the conditioning parts of us and even like people leaving, you know, a part of mm-hmm. part for so long, I was like, I'm being abandoned, but they were never mine in the first place. Like, you know, I had an ex-husband who left and I learned so much from him and he became an invitation for such deeper inner work too. And he wasn't mine to cling on to for the rest of the, my days. He played mm-hmm. this important role. And I played a really important role for him, even if it was like, just to activate the actual shit out of each other, you know, and all of our core trauma traumas, but it Mm -hmm. honestly, the things that died away was a lot of conditioning was a lot of ego stories is what I thought made me valuable, worthy and good and deserving and brought back to like the truer parts of me, you know? And so like the whole idea of like what we think is the tomb is always the womb. It's always an opportunity for growth, for inviting us back in to do the deep 
inner work. And I, it's the truest thing I know. And I still forget when I'm in the midst of the <laughs> two moments, yeah. I forget, and then I get to remember again. And that's a part of the earth's school journey, you know? Mm-hmm. All oh my of- gosh. Yes. It's so true. And I feel like what I've really been speaking to a lot recently is just this idea of evolutionary entrepreneurship. Like we're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving the factors outside and around of us or outside of us and around us are constantly changing and evolving. And if we aren't, if we're resisting that evolution, that is constant, then we're getting too attached and we're probably suffering. We're suffering, but we're also like, we can't innovate or disrupt or create like real change or forge a trail or like trailblaze in our work from that place of like reactivity and clinging on and waiting for something else outside of us to change. And then we'll pivot and then we'll respond. Like we have to go first as leaders and as entrepreneurs, if we want to keep the ball moving and keep changing and evolving. And when we get to be on that path as an individual in that process, and also we get to see what that looks like for our leadership and for our work in the world too, at the same time. So it's the same concept, right? It's like constantly everything is going to change. So embrace it. (laughs) Remember that that's totally normal. It's part of it. There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do it wrong. That's just how it goes. And there's inherent risk in that. And it's just the way it is. (laughs) Like you're not doing it wrong because things are changing constantly. That's just the way life is. And it's the way business is too. Totally. And I, I'm so guilty of wanting to like white knuckle because, you know, when you have a dysregulated nervous system or if you don't know how to ground yourself, change can be terrifying. I mean, literally in this moment, um, my partner just moved into the home that we live in now and it's so exciting and (laughs) terrifying. I know. It's like, you know, my body is like, oh my God, this isn't safe. This isn't safe, which I know it is. He's Mm -hmm. so the most loving, safest. And because of past trauma and things that have happened in the past, it's so easy to be effing terrified of change. And so one of the things I tell myself constantly is even if I feel terrified, I'm also so brave. Mm -hmm. I'm so brave. I'm scared all the time. I feel scared all the time because of so many different reasons. And I know how to like love on that part of me and commune with that part of me. And it's not going to stop me from still moving forward, even if I'm scared. Cause I think so often we're like, well, I'm too scared or it's too hard and I can't do it. And so we just stay stuck until the universe literally pushes out. (laughs) Like it's Mm -hmm. going to happen no matter what. So either we get kicked out of the nest or we get to willingly be afraid and brave and step out, you know? And so that is something I tell myself constantly, constantly. I'm also so brave, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So going back to your original question that I totally detoured from, but, (laughs) you know, I really believe that I believe in the law of attraction so deeply. And I believe that when we show up as our authentic, truest versions of ourselves at that moment. Like I have changed so drastically from that, those versions of me. Right. And now I want to show up as the most authentic, true version of this version of me, which three years from now, I'll be like, that sweet girl thought she knew shit, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, constantly shifting. But what I've seen is the more authentic, the more true to myself that I show up in as much love as like, as I am capable of 
we're going to draw people to us and you still do the work. You still, you know, do all the things, but like, I think that's been such a huge part of my journey and it's opened up doors that I wasn't looking for. You know, I remember when I first, like I'd had a massive nervous breakdown after living in my bed for seven years. And I was like, I believed in the power of story, you know? And I remember people, I'd started an Instagram account. This was all like almost 10 years ago and people didn't know my backstory and I'm just sharing the glossy, pretty photos. And I just stopped living in my bed. I just stopped weaning off all the, all the drugs. I was going through a divorce. My world was imploding in a million different ways. Um, and I wasn't sharing the whole picture at the first, at the beginning. And so people would be like, oh my God, you live this dream life. What a gorgeous life. And I just remember being like, F me that I'm lying to them. I'm not getting <laughs> the full picture. And so back then, I think I had a blog. I ended up writing out my story because I wanted to give people the full picture of what I was going through, not blaming anyone else, but just owning my part, you know, and that took its own little journey and it opened up doors where I was asked to speak on a podcast. And then someone heard that and asked me to speak at a conference. And I was like, oh my God, I had never taken a speech class. I didn't speak at my brother's weddings. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) as scared as I am, I'm also brave. And I said, yes, even though I was terrified and I was like, this could go so horribly wrong and they might regret every second of asking me, but I'm going to say yes. And that opened up doors, you know, and just kind of one thing after another, I did say no for about three years to writing a book. I think there was something in me that I actually put it in my newsletter yesterday that knew that it would break me down going back in fully. Cause like when you're sharing a book memoir, you have to go in and unearth the, every traumatic experience, you know, and try to make meaning of it. And it was so traumatizing and so scary. And my little brain that doesn't know time, our limbic parts was like re-traumatized going back mm-hmm. through it. And again, things died away that didn't fit anymore. Parts of me, ego stories of who I thought I was, what I thought I was here for died away. And it was really painful. And it was actually the womb. It birthed a newer, truer version of me. And I I mean, literally the newsletter that came out today is about the power of writing our stories and the importance of it. Even if it's not, it doesn't need to be published. It doesn't need, you don't need to have a editor or a, you know, book agent or a publisher, like your story matters. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that is how we also get to bring, um, we get to retell the story in a way that's redemptive for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there is hope. This isn't the end. This isn't, it was always the invitation. Um, and I believe that with every part of me and for people that are in that part of their story, it's going to be an open door for them to walk through that they're going to be able to take the next step, you know, because a lot of my book, even it's, it's a lot of my pain story that I'm honestly really bored of now. (laughs) (laughs) No bored by this pain story. And it's like, it's the least interesting thing about me, which forever I thought was, you know, I'm the only human in the world that's had a wire in their brain. And I loved finding, I got a lot of attention for it, a lot of attention. And I found a lot of worth in that narrative, but it was never actually who I am. Right. And it took writing the story to remember that. 
And I'm so grateful, but for people that are in their pain story and it's, which that is a part of it. Like you, you're going to be identified by your trauma and pain. And some people never leave that part, you know, but it's always the invitation. It's always, always the invitation to come back home to ourselves, to our bodies, to remembering our inherent value and worth, to remembering how good our bodies are, you know, that she, he, they are speaking to us constantly. Um, so I wouldn't change any of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, really powerful stuff. And I, I wonder for you, what does that process look like? I know we've touched on a few times throughout our conversation so far about like reclaiming these parts of ourselves that we shame or hide or exile our shadow self, right? What does that process actually look like to reclaim those parts? What is yeah. that? How do you do that? I mean, one of the foundations of healing that I've had for myself, which now has become the foundation for the work that I do. And I know you heard me teach a little bit about this when we were in uh, Baja, but shadow work, you know, in therapy, they might call it internal family systems. It's very connected to internal family system, parts work, shadow work. It's basically learning to almost romance the parts of us that we have loathed shamed, told we're bad, sinful, broken, depraved, whatever narrative we've been handed, which most of us, a bit of all of it, um, learning how to commune with those parts, which I have like actual practices, you know, I have meditations I take people through. I have practices that bring us back into our body to go back and to commune with these parts. But when we start recognizing these parts of us, what usually happens because we have to bring the unconscious into conscious because so often these parts are in the driver's seat and we don't even realize it. We're unconsciously controlling people, manipulating people, you know, doing all kinds of unconscious things that we learn to do to survive. Hey love, it's me, Emily. I'm interrupting this conversation to let you know about the Woman Up Community Membership because I'm absolutely obsessed with it, and I'm pretty sure you will be too once you understand all that's available to you inside this membership. So inside our annual membership community for female founders devoted to doing things differently, we have a monthly schedule of virtual events exclusively for members, including a deep dive training on a relevant topic for your business and leadership development with me, a helpful tool or tutorial or template to help you streamline the backend systems in your business, a virtual members happy hour to gather socially with fellow disruptors from across the globe who you wouldn't meet otherwise, mini trainings from members on their areas of expertise so you can learn from each other and so much more. We are constantly adding features and tweaking things to make sure that this is the best possible experience for you and responding to what our members need in order to create new features and opportunities to collaborate and connect with one another. Plus, if you live locally to Charleston or you'd like to come visit, members get first access to in-person meetups and special members-only events like our Intimate Disruptor Dinner series. We also have a super active and engaged community where questions are being answered, solutions are being generated, challenges are being solved, aha moments are taking place, ideas are coming into form, collaborations and referrals are happening, members are hiring each other, and opportunities are endless between you and other members in both business and beyond. Our streamlined all-in-one 
platform makes keeping up with the latest events and conversations and your requests for support so easy and fun to use. You can even download an app to use on your phone, or you can access via a desktop version. Um, it's really, really amazing. And this is a change that we've made in the start of 2023. So this is new and really exciting. You can even post in our new VA on-demand space inside the membership to get access to hourly work from vetted, professional, highly qualified virtual assistants who are ready and available to support you with getting items off of your to-do list, moving projects forward, and staying on track in your business without having to go through the interview process to make a new hire or take on a recurring investment in your business to be able to hire a VA on a consistent, ongoing basis, which is fantastic and something I've never seen done before, but we are pioneering it in partnership with one of our members who owns an amazing VA and OBM agency called Her. It's not uncommon for members to make back their investment almost immediately upon joining when they truly lean into all the support available inside this membership community. Whether you're looking for a referral or something for something in your business or you're excited to be more consistent in your action, or you're just looking to connect with a vibrant community of fellow multidimensional and dynamic leaders, this experience is for you no matter what season of business you may find yourself in. I've never personally identified as a membership person, but this virtual community is so much more than a typical membership program. It's really a space for innovation, inspiration, intuition, and intentionality to be amplified amongst the most amazing women I've known on the internet. I genuinely get so excited when I see messages come through in our circle community, even though I had no idea how to use this or <laughs> what platforms existed to create the experience that I envisioned and needed when I was in the earlier stages in, of my business and even now to connect with the right people and resources and tools that really help move things forward on a consistent basis. So if you haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? I promise you'll feel right at home, welcomed in with open arms, and really nourished by all the support available to you immediately upon joining us. And as a podcast listener, you're invited to join us inside the Woman Up community and save an additional 15% off our annual membership. This is a big deal. When you enter the code podcast at checkout, you can head to womanup.co slash membership. We've also linked it in the show notes for you, wherever you're listening to this conversation to learn more and get all the details and see everything that I shared with you laid out visually. I can't wait to see you and support you inside our community so we can navigate the nuance of entrepreneurship and the inevitabilities of evolution with more ease together. Now back to the show. We learn how to suppress, you know, sadness, anger, fear, um, depression with these like ways, so many ways that we've learned how to do that. But of course, these parts of us don't go away. A lot of times it's through gaslighting or spiritual bypassing, like give it to God of course, that just go away because we give our sexual desires to God. You're meant to have <laughs> sexual desires. It's a core emotion. Yeah. It's emotion, which I want to talk about that in a moment, but learning how to recognize they're here. Tara Brock teaches a practice called rain, recognize they're here. Let's say you're feeling jealous, recognize jealousy's here. A is allowing it to be here and not shaming it. 
I is where we get curious and inquire, where we go somatic. You feel it in your body. We can't just think our way out of not having an emotion. You actually have to feel it. It wants <laughs> us to come back into our body. And then in is nurture it, which means we go back in and love on these parts. But usually what happens is we notice them and then we become our own second wound because we shame ourselves for being human, for having these human feelings and thoughts like of course you do, you precious human, right? Mm -hmm. But then we shame ourselves, which no one on this planet has ever healed through shame, ever. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I have four planets in Virgo. Literally, we <laughs> shame the shit. Like my go-to is I'm bad. Something mm -hmm. is inherently bad, wrong. Like we are perfectionists. We shame ourselves. I have been like an emotional cutter in this life. And learning how to, when I recognize that, bring love to that part, right? Or the parts of me that learn to numb and avoid because those parts are still in me. These parts of us don't go away. Even when we're healing, they don't go away. It's in me. I like to visualize, like you can picture it all in a van or a bus. I like to picture it all at my table. Every part of me gets to have a seat at this table. But what usually happens is if it's unconscious and we don't commune with it, we don't recognize it, allow it, inquire with it, nurture it it drives. It's going to sit at the head of our table. But when we learn how to feel it, to nurture it, to commune with it, this gorgeous transmutation happens and it gets to move into like its little high chair sitting here next to me because it's still in me. Jealousy lives in me. Shame lives in me. Guilt lives in me. Anger, rage, hurt, sensuality, lying, cheating, stealing. I've done all of those things. Every single one of them and so much more things I did not know I was capable of. I have done. And I know that I'm capable of way more than that. But when we commune with them, love on them, nurture them, don't shame them, this incredible, it feels like magic. Love moves to the head of our table. Lying, cheating, stealing, whatever else parts of this that we just commune with moves down and sits in its little high chair. Or if your, your visualization is a bus, it gets in its little car seat, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm human. I don't foresee myself becoming a fully enlightened being in this life and not having human qualities. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to be shadowy as fuck until the day I die and bright and <laughs> all of it, right? Yeah. I mean, I said the ones that we love to quote unquote call negative, which I don't even call emotions negative. They're just emotions, right? I'm also so loving and so generous and funny and just, you know, a, a ton of things. I'm not just these ones that I've been taught are quote unquote bad. And I remember, um, I want to share this because it's been so important for me. I teach this workshop with my dear friend, Dr. Hillary McBride, who's an embodiment teacher, therapist, and she taught me this and she teaches it in our workshop. And I just literally grabbed hold of it because it felt so important to me, but she talks about how every human, when we are born, if you came through a womb, which we all did, <laughs> comes here with seven core emotions. And when she read out the seven core emotions, literally five of the seven, I was not allowed to feel in my home. Hmm. So here, can I read you the seven? Yeah, please. Fear, anger, sadness, disgust, joy, excitement, desire slash sexual excitement. 
And when you look at this list in most of our homes, now there's some of you that grew up in homes that every emotion was welcome. And I don't, that's foreign to me. <laughs> I'm like so happy for you, but it's really rare. If you look at this list, usually only two of those are really allowed in our homes, mm. joy and excitement, mm -hmm. fear. I got made fun of for all that anger. That was only for my dad sadness, like, come on, bad attitude. Do you need me to like pop you and make you actually set, you know, so mm -hmm. often we'll hear that disgust, no bad attitude. Can't have that. Um, sexual excitement or desire that's lustful. That's dirty. That's sinful, which no, it's not. It's human. It's a core emotion. <laughs> but what happens is these are hardwired into our bodies. They don't go away because family says they're bad. They don't go away because church says they're bad. They don't go away because community, you know, says they're bad. What we do is we create inhibitory emotions to cover those up because then they're not going away. They feel shitty. So we got to do something to cover that up. So we have created inhibitory emotions, which are shame, anxiety, and guilt. Because when you're feeling shame, anxiety, or guilt, you're not feeling anger. You're not feeling fear. You're not feeling sadness. It covers those up, but then those feel really shitty. <laughs> so then we create our defenses to not have to feel those. So starting so young, I was literally just babysitting for one of my best friends. And the second he feels any kind of discomfort, he eats. Mm. I learned that too, right? Mm -hmm. It's so normal. He's not bad. Of course not. But it doesn't feel good to feel those in his little nervous system. And he hasn't ta been taught yet how to regulate it. So he's just going to eat. Mm -hmm. right? So we learn to laugh when we're uncomfortable, smile when we're uncomfortable. We learn how to stuff our feelings. We learn how to numb with food, with screens, with later on, it might be sex or drugs or alcohol, but we learn these ways to survive. So young. This starts so young and it's textbook. We're not unique in this. These feelings don't go away. They, another thing that I've heard Hillary say, and I don't know who the quote is by, but she says, every time we sweep a feeling, we sweep these emotions under the rug. We sweep them straight into our nervous system mm. away. That's just yeah. ooh, the body keeps the score. So in doing shadow work, it's learning how to commune with those parts of us that we literally, our story is, if I go into this, I'll die. Because that's what your reptile brain says. It wants to know, am I alive? And when you learn as a very young child that it's not safe to feel them, it feels like there's some unconscious part of you that thinks you'll die if you go in and feel them. So that's why so often people deal with major depression, major anxiety, chronic pain that they can't get to the root of why it's hurting so bad. I have horrible migraines, jaw pain, back pain. I mean, the messages I get constantly about this because the body keeps the score and our bodies are going to get louder and louder. Our emotions will get louder and louder. Our numbing will get louder and louder until we come back home. And so often that comes through traumatic experiences because we've like exhausted, nothing else is helpful. <laughs> Finally, it's like, okay, now are you ready to come back in and commune with those little girl, little boy parts of ourselves? If that makes mm -hmm. sense. That was a very long winded mm -hmm. <laughs> to your question. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, it's really an interesting thing. The layers that you spoke to, right? Like, and the way that that's so normal and natural and happens so young, like, I think we as adults or even 
you know, a lot of the women that I work with are just so smart. They're like really well educated. They know themselves very well. They've been doing personal development work or they've been in therapy or they, you know, have read every book under the sun about all the things and they're so, so smart. And yet the feeling when something is out of their control or when they're in a period of like greater uncertainty than they're used to is still like, wow, this is like embarrassing that I feel this way or that I talk to myself this way, or like, it's, you know, (laughs) all of those things that are just so normal to feel. And so I often feel like a lot of my work with clients, even though it's, you know, it's part of what helps us to regulate the nervous system and get to a better place of like clear decision-making and, you know, being able to think more strategically versus reactively is validating a lot of that, you know, mm-hmm. just letting them know, like, I'm with you. I get it. That's normal. It's all good. <laughs> you're so, yeah. human. guess what? It just shows that you're human mm-hmm. and learning how to, and I think it's like, it's so interesting. I think about this a lot. We incarnate for a reason to earth school to learn. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like we're coming here to learn and we come here. We know we have like amnesia. We forget where we came from, that we are these divine beings that wants our souls to grow and to learn through different experiences. And that's what we sign up for. And yet we shame the shit out of ourselves. for having these human experiences and making mistakes, but that's how we learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to myself. I, the amount of work that I get to do with the little girl part of me that feels so much shame. Mm-hmm. You know, when we internalize these things as children, we don't think not feeling these emotions, that's because that's bad. We internalize it as we are bad. Mm-hmm. Right. I am something's inherently bad, wrong. And, you know, you made a really good point. It's like with a lot of your clients, with a lot of my clients, with me, I can speak for mm-hmm. myself. We can study all day long. I had two different counselors tell me I didn't need to come back because I was yeah. good. And Same. when I tell you, Emily, I was like, <laughs> I'm not okay. I don't yeah. know who is sitting in this office for you, but I'm not well. But what was true is I knew so much about trauma. Mm-hmm. And they ended up always talking to me like a peer because I had studied yeah. everything under the sun about trauma, about trauma release, but none of it had actually been embodied yet. And I remember working with this shaman probably three years ago. And I remember him saying, knowledge is just a rumor until it moves into the muscle. Mm. Like, oh, it landed. I was like, I, you just want to tattoo that on my body. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? I knew so much about, so much about trauma. I could talk about it until I was blue in the face, but I had not embodied these practices, because I was still in my head. I could still, I could talk about the future. I could talk about the past. I could talk about why all these things were happening, but I did not know how to actually be in my body and feel the emotion I was talking about. I could talk about the emotion. I was so scared. I was so fearful. I was so anxious. I did not know how to go in my body and feel sadness, feel fear, feel anxiousness to see what was underneath. And one of the things that I love that I've learned from embodiment teachers is like anxiety and shame. Those are always just check engine lights. 
They are never actually the emotion because they are the inhibitory emotions to keep us from feeling the thing that's actually going on, right? Because if you're feeling shame, you're not feeling the deep grief. If you're feeling anxiety, you're not feeling the actual anger that your body wants to release from your body, right? And then, I mean, if you're anything like me, you're going to find 9 million ways to not feel the shame and the anxiety. So you're going to get on a screen and, you know, try to get validation that way, or you're going to eat your feelings, or you're going to starve, or you're going to try to control your environment. There's a million ways that we've created senses to survive. And it was actually loving. (laughs) Yeah. We shame ourselves for those parts of us, right? Like if I hadn't learned how to leave my body through a screen and binging, I'm telling you, I would not still be on this planet. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I would not be sitting across from you right now, if I had not learned how to disassociate and leave my body. Mm-hmm. That's how traumatized I was, mm-hmm. right? Thank you, God, for those senses. Mm-hmm. Shame ourselves, and no one heals through shame. So, me shaming myself for the moments that I want to binge and eat food like I've never seen food again in my life, or <laughs> I want to sit and binge 80 hours of Netflix, or I want to whatever, name it. You know, for some people, it's alcohol, for some people, it's drugs, for some people, it's name it, all of the above right? If we had learned those things, you probably wouldn't still be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Those parts of me. And now maybe they don't fit so well anymore. Do I still do them sometimes? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> do. And I get to be so human. And then I get to go back and remember and imagine myself crawling in that bed with that sweet girl who's binging and numbing and avoiding and sitting with her. Mm -hmm. Of course you're doing this, you precious girl. I know you're so scared. You learned to do this so young. Of course you are. Yet usually we're like, what the fuck? Did it again. I'm the worst. I'm still in that site, you know? Mm -hmm. I thought I... I thought I should know better by now. I thought I figured this out. Why is this still happening? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but what's beautiful is we're quicker to come back to myself. Like mm-hmm. days do I, last week I was on my moon. I have mine with the new moon. So pain was just really high. My partner was moving in. I felt so out of control, so scared, which none of us ever have control. It's completely an illusion. We're so keep thinking we have control of literally anything, but I felt so terrified. My body hurt so bad. Ask me if I didn't get in the bed for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. I sure did. And I ordered a double doozy cookie because that's what comforted me when I was a kid from the freaking mall. I'm not even kidding. Two cookies with icing in the middle. Did that make me feel better? No. And I get to do that sometimes, but usually, you know, past version of me, I laid in that bed for seven years and did that this time it was 24 hours. It's a pretty good rebound from seven years. (laughs) We get to be fucking human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to be fucking human. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, if anything, if anything, that my mission on this planet, oh, it makes me kind of want to cry right now. I want to mirror to people that they get to be so human and they get to love these parts of themselves that, you know, culture, family, whatever tells us are bad, ugly, dirty, sinful. You get to be so human, you precious, precious, precious soul, 
right? And learning through practice, because we've been practicing the other our whole lives, shaming the shit out of ourselves, <laughs> right? And so it's literally a practice to get off the hamster wheel, to learn how to calm our nervous systems, to bring compassion and care and love to these parts. And that has changed me more than anything on this planet is shadow work, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's so important too, because I think we, I may have said this the last time that we had <laughs> to record this conversation, but I think it's really important that we understand that we don't get to selectively numb emotion. And like the more you were speaking to earlier, right? The more shadow work that you do, the more the other side of the spectrum expands where you can experience like more joy. You can be of more service. You can feel more deeply the good, the positive emotions that we want to fill up on, that we want more of, that we want to create, you know, expansion around and not, you know, avoid. (laughs) So connected. Yeah. It's it's so connected. The more I commune with the shadowy parts of me, the brighter Mm -hmm. I am, the free. I mean, and I love the visual too. If I want to be a quote unquote, wholehearted human, Mm. I can't just love parts of me that I think are lovable. Right. To be whole, all of you, all of you. And so literally the day I meet with my client for the first time, like foundational work is every part of you gets to be here. And I can't tell you, Emily, the amount of times people have said things to me. They're like, I've never told that to another human in my life. Mm -hmm. And I get to look at them with the deepest honor in the eye and say, I love that part of you. That part of you gets to be here, gets to be seen, gets to be loved on. If we need to grieve it, mourn it, whatever it is, it gets to be here. And I am going to be with you to love on that with you because you belong and that part of you belongs. And I can truly say that I couldn't do that with sincerity if I didn't do that for me. Mm -hmm. And how I know that I'm not doing those parts for me is when I am judging others. I mean, our partners are the best mirror for us on planet earth of our shadow, because it's so easy to notice all the things about them that make us Mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. And every time it's this incredible opportunity to put down my fucking microscope and pick up a mirror and look at myself because it's Mm -hmm. That I haven't loved on, haven't communed with, haven't nurtured, haven't felt in my body. And that's how I've learned so many parts that sit at my table because I'm like, that person drove me fucking crazy. And I want to pump them. <laughs> down. And I'm like, uh oh, I guess, oh wow, didn't know that part was in me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Always an invitation. And, you know, this work, I truly believe, is like the most loving thing that we can do for the collective. Because mm-hmm. the more I fall in love with all of my parts, the more I mirror to everyone else that this belongs for them too, that they get to love these parts, that they belong. Every part of them. I mean, I tell my partner, and I said this to each other constantly when I bring up my shadow or fears or anxieties or whatever. And he says, I love that part of you. And I say that to him. I love that part of me. Mm, I that love that. It's beautiful, beautiful work that we are all so deserving of. Mm-hmm. Mm. I could talk to you forever. I'm glad I get to in a way. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> I know I want to I want to like catch up on all the personal stuff and chat with you I'll text you and we can I would love it catch up but um I just want to hear all the things I'm like what's been happening since the last time since we I think we recorded this originally in February and now it's May <laughs> how is that even possible I know Crazy. what in the world I don't know how that much time has passed but so much has changed, I'm sure. I want to hear all about it. And just so excited for you and your partner moving in together. And also like, I know that how challenging that can be also as like a, one of those mirroring moments of like, this drives me crazy. I didn't even realize that that was something that you came with. <laughs> and it's so, it's like, yes, it's so scary and it's so beautiful. Yeah, totally. So, beautiful it's like the deepest work mm -hmm. because they mirror to us all of our core wounds mm -hmm. all of our shame stories all of our fears like they are these profound healing mirrors even though it feels so I don't I don't see triggered anymore I say activated because like mm -hmm. I think when I say triggered it's like I'm a victim of you mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and instead when I say activated they're activating something that's already within me mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that reframe. I do too. I, I don't know where I first heard that, but it feels like the truest thing I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I loved earlier in my life to be like, Oh, they trigger the shit out of me. And like, no, they're just mirroring my shadow and my wounds and my core stuff that wants to be loved on and communed with. And yeah, this work, um, it's changed me and continues to change and transform. And I will never offer anything that I'm not doing for myself consistently. Like ever, mm -hmm. everything I move and offer in this world is things that I have desperately needed. Cause I was so unwell for so freaking long, you know, and, and what it invited me into, I just, I'm so grateful and I wouldn't change any of it. Amazing. So where can people find you? Where, how can they work with you? What's happening? What's your latest way of working with people? <laughs> Tell me all about it. Yes. So um, I have several different modalities. Um, the Probably the bigger one is since chatting with you and you gave me so much great feedback, I used to do two to three month one-on-one -on -one coaching. And now I do six month containers, which I really, oh, I love so much because literally so many were signing up for two. Cause we would like really start getting somewhere after three months. And then they're like, I'm not done. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not done with you either. So that's felt amazing. So I have nice. these six month containers um, to work one-on-one -on -one. and anyone that's interested, I do a 20 minute free explore call. So you can find all of it on my website, which is just ruthielindsay.com under work with me. Um, if you're in Nashville or ever passing through, I love creating ceremonies. So I do these CBT ceremonies with um, Oracle readings, which oh, I'm obsessed with. Um, I'm also, which I haven't, this is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly. Um, starting this summer, I'm going to do a um, small group for women mm. and max 20 people. And so that is going to be coming. So anyone that the first place that you'll learn about it is through my newsletter. You can find out, um, again, it's on my website. You can sign up for my free newsletter. Um, my Instagram is just Ruthie Lindsay. You can follow along with a lot more there too, but so I have the one-on-one -on -one. I do, I'm going to be offering the small group women's circle 
And then I do like live retreats. So like I have one, a live one, June 16th here in Nashville. Um, my best friend, Jed and I are creating a workshop in LA in October. And again, all of this I'll be posting about on my website and on my um, newsletter and Instagram, but I always have little things like that. I'm lead a lot of retreats and workshops and live in-person things. But then if you're not in Nashville and you want to work with me, um, I offer, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching, small group coaching and things like that. Beautiful. Yay. I'm so excited to hear like the behind the scenes of all the things that you have working right now and all the things you're offering. It's so great. Alrighty. Everybody go follow Ruthie on Instagram. We'll tag and link everything in the show notes. So go check her out. Go follow her. Yeah. Instagram, get on her newsletter, check out her website and her offers. Um, thank you again, friend, for being here. It was so good to see you again. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm so appreciative of you. I'm so happy to know you and I'm so grateful Aww. for the work that you're doing. I know you're helping so many women, so many women. And so it's just, it's obvious that you're doing this work for yourself first and it's really beautiful what you're doing. So thank you so much. Thank you. And right back at you. All right. Love you. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Keep your mind wide open. Keep your soul aligned. You've got all the answers waiting there inside. You're not alone. Take a throw. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Like Nobody's Business. So, what did you think? I hope you found this episode absolutely enlivening. If you loved it, I'd be so, so grateful if you'd help me spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or a loved one you know would feel supported and encouraged by this too. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss an episode. It's also infinitely helpful to me and to my team if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast so that other trailblazers like you can find this resource, know it exists, and step out of struggle and into more ease. Thanks so much for sharing your time with me today and for taking this space to receive nourishment for your greatest vision. And in case no one told you this today, you are wildly brilliant beautifully wise and radically trustworthy. Keep shining your light so that all of those who need what you're here to share with our world can see, feel, and experience your unique medicine. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Like nobody's business. Like nobody's business.